0: this episode of Getting My Cheese Back on My Cracker. I'm Ashley Nicole.
1: And I'm Paige Benjamin of Atomic Travels.
0: And in this episode, we will discuss the costume that we put on every day when we step out of our safe spaces. If you read the title, then you see that this episode is titled Code Switching. What is Code Switching, you ask? Do you remember that episode of Family Guy where all the Black people took off their white costumes when the police were gone? Refer back to our Instagram. It's on there. Um, That's what I think of what I think of code switching. And we want to talk about it, so let's meet our panel and learn more about them in no particular order.
2: I'm Jazz. Um, (laughs) Hey, y'all. I'm so happy to be back on Cheese on My Cracker. Um, I am a lifestyle content creator as well as commercial real estate maven um, and code switching Because of my corporate life, code switching has been, I mean, that's just what I do. Sometimes you have to do it.
3: (laughs) Cecilia, um, I'm a PhD student at um, University of Illinois. Um, Before I became a student and went back to that, like hard, hard life of student life, I was an occupational therapist for almost 10 years. Um, I think code switching is really interesting. I won't say I'm anti-co-switching, but mostly, I mean, I do think it's something that happens um, and we'll talk about that more as we have our conversation.
4: Okay. And I am Lakeisha. I, am, can everybody hear me? Mm-hmm. I'm an HR consultant, so I have my own private company and then I also have a full-time position and mixed feelings about this cold switching business.
1: All right. Well, we're gonna get into that. Um, code switching has been an inherent part of how we take, uh, how we talk in the workplace. Uh, for some of us, it was taught, and others, it was something we felt we needed to do. We needed to do to get in the door. How do you feel about code switching, and how does it play in your mental health? On your mental health. Uh, anybody can jump on the, the question and. You know, uh, Cecilia, you look like you got a smirk <laughs> ready to just attack the question, so let's get into it.
3: Yeah, I thought about me saying, like, I'm very anti, right? Um, so in the passage that I was on, that was on um, Instagram, I think it's something really interesting about how the way that you speak, like, it's supposed to give you power in certain spaces, and I feel like I have my best power when I'm authentically me. Like, I tell people, actually, I'm an HR, hey girl. Um, so... Um, that's why I'm coming back to school. And I tell people I'm a custom scholar. Some of the things I say to people, like other people could not say, but I be saying it with my whole chest and I mean it. And, it, and people like it. Mm-hmm. And when I try to make myself small, I don't get the same results. So for mm-hmm. me, like code switching don't allow me to get results. So um, when I, when I code switch, I feel like I'm playing in my face and I'm playing in the face of the people that I'm talking to. And so when I think about that, like in terms of my mental health, it don't feel good to not be me. I love me. And I feel like if I do something for somebody else, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not willing to lie to myself in that way. I feel like I'm acting against my own integrity when I do it. So it's like maybe you don't like it, but I ain't for everybody, and that's okay. Okay, Jazz.
5: I like
2: what I like the way you put that. So, I, I've gotten better about being authentic, um, and about being authentic in corporate spaces. Um, for the most part, with me, what you see is what you get from top mm-hmm. to bottom. So from EVP all the way down to whoever. Um, there are certain <laughs> things that I can say amongst skin folk that I can't say amongst.
5: <laughs> 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 oh, <Okay. my>
2: <laughs> but um, as far as scaling back, I felt for me, it's more about personality. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Scaling back personality, testing out waters, making sure that this is hard. Making sure that um, See, I'm switching now. Right, right. Making sure what that I'm you not. Know. I'm trying to be. What's weird is that I'm. I'm trying, I reverted to PC, I'm trying to make sure that I'm not too casual in situations, Um because of like because of what I do, uh, and because of the te- the types of tenants that I have. So it's easy for me to. Or it, I have to remind myself. I can be like, "Look, boo. So here's what you need to do." Da 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 But I can say, "Hey, darling." So I can uh, the I can I use no. it to sudden dialogue instead of straight skin folk talk. If that makes sense, it does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Should- I feel like that's about
1: perfect, though. Right. So so how does I'm that? I'm sorry. That
5: I just
1: you- a ha- moment. No no problem. So Jazz, how does that like impact you mentally? So like how does the fact that you find it that you have to code switch in certain scenarios, um, how does that impact you and how you perceive yourself to Cecilia's point, right? Um, to have to do it is to not to be her, right? But she understands that she yields or wields a different type of power being able to speak the way that she does, where yours is contingent on being quote unquote professional. Right. right. Um, and, and that's kind of the, the the slippery slope we fall into. Right. So how does that, you know, how do you balance that, that act of being professional and not just straight up saying what you think without insulting, if that makes any sense?
2: A lot of times it's about tone for me. Uh-huh. Um, so, like I said, it, it's easier for me to ease into the the nice tone, like the hey, darling, versus I. Right, so, what you're not going to do is, um, and there have been times where I have bared the brunt of that as far as um, being like mansplained to or being um, spoken down to, as far as because I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm a young black woman in this industry. This industry is very old and white, so um, I've, I've had to deal with, oh, well, they didn't take me seriously, and I shouldn't have backed down. Like, I shouldn't mm. have done that, and I've second-guessed myself, so I'm well, working progress, working progress, and trying to get better at balancing that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, so when you guys like this, is what we're talking about, I was like, perfect because this, I need, we need to have this conversation.
1: <laughs> well, we got, we got two strong opinionated people right next to you. So they'll give you some <laughs> tips and they're both in HR. So they know how to do that clap back email without without the recourse.
3: As per my
5: email,
2: <laughs> you already know what it is, you already know. I'm not sure if you received the last one, but I'm attaching it <laughs> to this. No, and it's so interesting
4: that that word professional is even brought up in this whole cold switching thing, because at this point, professional is almost hate speech, because it's just like, it's this okay. unattainable okay. ideal, like this unattainable white ideal that white people don't even ascribe to. So it's like, why are we even putting that on ourselves, that extra layer, as if it's not already hard enough? Like, it's one of those things, it blows my mind a little bit. Oh gosh, am I lagging again?
1: Uh, just you a little bit, but you're good. Yeah, we'll wait, we got you good, you got it. Let news, girl, 11 news. So how do you feel about code switching? So you just mentioned that it, it feels like, I mean, professionalism is like hate speech, right? Um, but how do you feel, how does it make you feel like in the workplace Like to, and not just in the workplace, because I don't think we do it just in the workplace, right? Um, I think we do it everywhere. Um, I think um, we do it when we're around different sets of friends, right? We do it when, I mean, different sets of ethnicities. Like, I can't walk into a room of Americans and just be Creole. Right. That's that would be considered rude, but it's my fault they don't know how to le- learn, understand the language. So, you know, how does that impact you when you have to realize that, you know, code switching is not just a corporate type of thing, but it's kind of part of our everyday lives. I
3: don't think and you do- had to choose that. Sorry. right? No. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine.
4: we are <laughs> all going to jump. For the rest of the night, I can almost guarantee it. But it's really, it's so much of it depends on context and who's the one using it. Because if you're part of a group and you're using this cold switching language and you're not really a part of that group, it almost can be weaponized against you. So it's really a tricky thing. It's a really touchy subject that shouldn't be all that touchy, honestly. But here we are.
1: So with that said, is it more like, properly reading the room to determine how to speak to people? Or is it more of a specific groups of people? Like, cause like I said, I mean, I walk in a room with my mom, we're going to speak the the language we're comfortable speaking. But if we want to interact with other people, we technically do have to code switch. Well, right. Like we have to adjust the language, which is ideally changing The way we were originally talking to accommodate to other people. Now, if we were in Haiti, you wouldn't be considered cultural, right? Right. (laughs) I got next after her.
3: (laughs) First of all, the PhD student in me said you got to operationalize that because if I need to know how we defined it, because I'm struggling with that. Like, so I guess to me, um, right? Um, back to this professionalism thing, right? Why is so I want to say, right, one of the things I'm studying in my research is like looking at the ways that like certain ways of being are privileged over others. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we talk about code switching as a way that we're like being able to defer or or assimilate. Right. Mm-hmm. So what mainstream pressure is, that's a fuck you to me. Right. And mm-hmm. going back to the point about, like, white people not even like uh, not deferring to that. I got a nose piercing because this girl in my class had a nose piercing. I said, shit, if she can have one, so can I. I got tied it up because I was like, "Yo, he got to sleep, and ain't nobody telling him he came. Because uh-huh. I was like, "These are things that are authentic to me." So when, like, if, if the code is what be me, got that. If this is about how you have to navigate spaces, because there, I mean, if we, if you were gonna call like switching the CL language code switching, like some of that is for safety. Like I think if our Latinx brother, like they get told go home all the time. I imagine you might catch one of them too. So you, I mean, you, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you want to fight about it every day.
2: Well, and then I love that you brought up Paige about like walking into a space with your mom. I feel like uh, the whole co-switching with your parents or with elders, isn't something that's discussed. Um, Mm -hmm. The way I talk to my parents or the way I talk to elders in my family, completely different than the way I talk to my peers and my cousins and my siblings. Um, And it's one of those, is it out of respect? Is it out of, I mean, obviously. Um, is it out of fear of being backhanded at the age of th- almost 33? Is it <laughs> also possible. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's like, I, I I navigate conversations differently depending on who I talk to, depending on who's in them. And we could be talking about the same topics. I talk to my parents about sex like I talk to my friends about sex, but I don't use the same verbiage. Like, so, it like, you're right, it spans... Past professionalism, but um, I think it—it's so deeply ingrained in us that we don't even think of when we think of code switching, we think of it as far as like corporate America goes or education or stuff like that. Um, But we don't think about it like within our everyday realms, like our family and our friends and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Brad, my (laughs) parents be catching
4: this. I'm I'm cutting somebody off. I'm sorry. Sorry.
3: No, No, I did it. That was me this time. No,
4: you got it. (laughs) No, I think so much with the code switch is always about the why, though. So in your case, what you were saying, Jazz, was that, you know, sometimes you do it as a form of respect, but sometimes we really have to be a little bit more introspective with that. So if we're doing something, you know, and it's a reason that doesn't sit right with our spirits, we really have to look in and just figure out, okay, should I correct this? Or is it something I'm going to keep doing and kind of just measure it out that way? It's so tricky. Like if you're doing something and the reason you're doing it, in this case, code switching, is because I want to fit in. Well, do you belong with that group anyway? If they don't want you as who you are, why are you putting yourself into a mold that you were never designed to fit? It doesn't make sense.
5: Right.
1: So let me present this to you guys. (laughs) Um, This is going to be kind of I don't know how you're going to take this. So is code switching, nurture or nature.
3: I think it depends on who you are. Right. I mean, so oh, my psych mind, major. <laughs> I, I, so I am a psych major. At high care. Yes. I thought I was going to be a psychologist, but I do think it depends on who you are. Right. So Look, then you, gotta, it's really, you realize
4: you got to keep going to school to be a psychology major and you just switch over to something else. No, they told
3: me I couldn't work with people. They was like, "You' about to be in the, um lab um, writing papers." I said, "I'm not about to be in no lab writing no papers." So I, did, so I did.
5: <laughs> That's, what <people laughs> like, That's what
3: happened. <laughs> I say this. So um, there's something really. I mean, I feel like if we're gonna talk about code switching and we are, you know, our of the diaspora, then we also need to talk about respectability politics, right? So uh, let's play. I said, I remember, like my mom. I would know my mom was angry because her voice would be like, I'd be like, Where you from, lady? Right? Cause she's she's giving me, she's giving me those tones, and I'm like, you don't sound like you about, you know, you don't sound like you did just a little bit ago. And and again, that's one of those things where it's like, that language is powerful. That language gives me results. You can get on the phone and people don't know that she's about to show up as you. so that's a trick. There's some power in that. But then you gotta be in that space. And I'm not in like. If that's how you talk, that's how you talk. But I think it's something very different about, like, again, who are you honoring if you're going to do that to be able to be in a space? That space ain't for you. But I think, too, there's something really interesting about the ways that you interact with folks, right? So, um, I, again, I'm in academia, and I think about the times I come into class and I cuss and I say this and do-do-do-do-do. Like, for me, that's about, like, walking my talk. I got to be able to do that in this space. That's the thing that, I mean, when I think about mental health, that's how I would survive in this space. I really ain't for, like people being able to say what it is they want to say. Mm -hmm. I can give you them here to fours and furthermore and blah, blah, blah. I got that. But I'm going to put it in my pocket. I'm going to write that. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, KSL is like one of my, um, he inspires me. Y'all always watch his talk to see when he's going to say a cuss. He never let me down either. And when he opened that up, it's there. But that, that man is brilliant. And I just think about the number of people that you've spoken to that are super brilliant. But if you put them in a room with certain people, they wouldn't be able to get past that accent. Right, mm-hmm. that dialect. I
1: don't think that should be something. so. I, I want, so before the two of you guys so, jump oh, on, before you before this. you guys jump on that, I want to kind of like kind of dive deeper, right? Um, you know, for those watching, we are inherently um, designed to just be primal. Our primal instinct is like Cecilia got her primal instinct on deck. She was like, "I'm gonna say what I want to say, how I want to <laughs> say it, when I want to <laughs> say it." Right. But you know, society and those that raise us instill these different instincts, right? Um, the what you, what did you call it? The the cultural dynamics or the pol- cultural politics. Um, um we have to kind of adjust. Like, for example, um, you know, jazz. You'll have sex, you'll have sex conversations with your mom and your dad. You'll you'll be like, with your um, with your mom and your and your and your friends, you'll say, "Ma, you know they they talk about WAP, that wet poom poom." But with your friends, they be like, "Oh, she just said wet ass pussy."
2: <laughs> and you know, why do you it's, it's, that exact what? conversation happen? Right. <laughs> that
5: exact conversation? There, there, is, the end button. Button. there oh. is the end button. I mean, because I have and a sweatshirt so, that
2: says "Don't waste your wop," and of course, I wore it out, and she was like, ah, oh. Oh, let's mm-hmm.
1: talk. <laughs> and so you had to play the and song so, and walk away. And so to to that point, right? Um, Your environment taught you. You say the wrong thing, right? Your 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 nurturing side of things was like, look, say that thing one more time. You know, I'm a I'm a backhand you. But does that, to Cecilia's point, stop you from being your true true self?
2: so i don't think it necessarily does um because i feel like we are multi-layered um i wouldn't say that i'm not my true self around my parents i would just say that it's weird i feel like i've definitely gotten less reserved around my parents like as i've gotten older i've gotten more comfortable having certain conversations with them um it's just I mean, there's still there's still like a level of reverence there, like mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so with that said, does reverence exist in other spaces? Outside of right, yeah, outside of elderly,
2: el- elderly people who I care about, and I, I feel so weird using the word elderly when it comes to like <laughs> people who watch. are like your mom's gonna watch this. She's
1: she, like you call me elderly, you call me
5: old. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: But no, um, outside of like the older people in my life who are like family members or um, um, yeah, no, not really. Like there's no, it, there's no reverence when it comes to superiors at work. Like that, that's not a reverence thing for me.
1: So is there deference?
2: <sighs> so I'm an anomaly at work. Um and okay. I, I credit my stepmom for that completely. I, I the way I talk to it's everybody gets it on the same level for the most part, unless they're 10x. Um, so I'll be like, Ayo, EVP, I'm gonna need you to woo up the bam Um now this I'm not gonna that. put this. I like that. Yeah, I was like woo <laughs> But this will be I wouldn't do this in front of um in front of like a tenant or in front of a client or whatever like that. This is a conversation between us. This is an internal conversation between us. So I don't want, I wouldn't want to, I guess, change the way other people look at them based off of how I'm speaking to them. Gotcha. I don't want there to be like any kind of disrespect perceived from other people based on how casual and how comfortable my conversation is with them does that make sense can i can i go back to
3: this nature and nurture comment because somebody said something um it was like a flash across the screen ariel thank you that's it right so i think about this nature versus nurture thing um i feel like (laughs) i got set up to be this way by my people because i can get in trouble for a lot of things like if, if they laughed at me i did not get in trouble and i'm funny so i did not get in trouble really like i had to do something i mean this one time I tried to walk home from school. The cross the crossing guard like let me cross. I was six. My daddy didn't come. I gotta say this story. Dad, you did this to me. Sorry, if you ever see this, you did it. So um the crossing guard crossing. Me- I mean like 30 minutes, bro. I don't know. I didn't have a watch or nothing like that. But it was a long time for a six-year-old. I was like, right I guess he ain't coming. Guess what I know how to do? Go home. So I was walking, crossing across the street. Here come my dad. And then the crossing guard gonna tell him I cross. I was walking home. Ma'am, you helped. Why do not you tell him what you did? <laughs> the other thing I'll say, that my dad was very much like, question when people tell you stuff. Pe- respect is earned. That like, you don't just owe nobody no blind deference. And I would say as I've gotten older, that has got me in trouble because I was like, including you. <laughs> so, I mean, it made room for, yeah, we've had a lot of different and uncomfortable conversations, but I'll also say on the other side of it, I've had some of the most fulfilling conversations I've ever had
1: with my family. So it sounds like for you, it's both, right? Like your um, innate nature to be yourself was somewhat enabled by family and close ones because one, um, you allowed your, they allowed you to do what you want as long as they made them chuckle. But not just that, they allowed you to kind of question the status quo. Because I think a lot of the times, we don't teach our children to question the status quo. And they're left kind of trying to figure it out, right? Like trying to figure out, well, well, I'm told not to do this, so I'm gonna just follow it versus questioning, why shouldn't you do X, Y, and Z? You know what I mean? Um, I'm trying
3: not to take up too much room, but what I wanna say oh, to that no. is like, you, you do teach t- your kids to question the status quo, but then you say, don't talk back to me, do it because I told you to. So then it so then as a child you say, what's the truth? You think about in the education spaces, you get in trouble for asking, I mean, black children get in trouble for asking questions to the teacher if they're not funny. So well,
1: think about I mean that. we had you know, sh yeah, we had Shiz and Nick on that got in trouble for not reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh because one Shiz went to a, a African based school, um, and then um you know, young Pratt learned, read the, uh, was it the autobiography of Malcolm X. Uh, uh, and so they were rebels without a cause from the rip, but that once again, that was something held up against them, right? Um, but they were taught that you should question the status quo. Um, and so to, to that point, I think it's, it's just a matter of, um, it sounds like for your case, um, it was a combination that led you to be able to be who you are um, which kind of like allows you to navigate, not having to code switch.
3: They fear didn't keep me safe.
1: Mm. Let's so, talk about
3: that. I'm gonna shut up. No, somebody else will talk about it, <laughs> <All right.
1: laughs> but no, but let's, let's talk about no, it. Right? That's, so, good. that's good. Cause so let's talk about that. So <laughs> the fear of not switching didn't really save you it for you it kind of propelled you in some cases
3: so i have hella brothers right um and so i think about i mean like in my own home there were different things that they said right i was funny um my brothers didn't have that so there are things that you say like don't do this talk to people this way and it's not to say i wasn't yes or no ma'am right we had it's like everybody yeah, ain't see right i don't i still don't address adults without a miss because they feel weird to me right but i think there's still a matter of like you know I'm actually amazed when I think about it and I've had a lot of time to think about it because people keep asking about it like in this PhD program. um, All of these things that people encourage me and me are things that I don't think I could do this without. So in terms of like, you know, me being like opinionated, being boisterous, like people was like, show your work. I gotta do that in my PhD program. (laughs) I'm willing to learn. I mean, I'm willing to be wrong. That's something that has definitely grown more you know, for a lot of different reasons. But I think like, if my parents told me like not to talk, when I don't talk, people think there's something wrong with me. They often write too. So, I mean, so some of the things that you like are traditionally told by your parents, going back to this nature and nurture thing, are they reinforced by your environment? Because if they tell you, oh, I just, I mean, so going back to this respectability politics thing, right? You do this, you do this, you do this, and this is what's gonna happen for you. And sometimes I do. And then when it don't, you'd be like, y'all lied to me.
2: So I love that you brought up the, I don't address older people without a title in front, like a miss or a mister. Um, I don't know about y'all. And I didn't notice this until somebody else pointed this out. I address older black people and people of color with miss and mister. The clears? No.
5: Yeah, you're going to catch this word.
2: You could get you get you get Mary, you get Bob, you get no no for real, and it's so I didn't notice it until somebody pointed that out. Like I was like, oh yeah, Miss Marjorie, Mister Tom, da 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 da, and I'd be like, Billy Bob, or like, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. So I don't know if it's one of those Nate or nurture. I see them as like my my kinfolk because they are, and everybody else is not as so-and-so <laughs> that's malcolm or
1: whatever mm-hmm. so that's that's interesting because how can i put it as racial politics in a sense right like i mean you're you're taking preference as to when to say certain things and when not to um in a sense can be considered code switching no right
3: so i'll say this because to me right that's an exercise of my power once upon- my grandfather mm. called Mr. Charlie, Mr. Charlie. And I don't have to call Mr. Charlie shit. I call him Charlie. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it for the folk. I don't care what nobody say. And you know, I'm going to call that black person, that person, Mr. Miss, because like I know that there was a time they didn't get that. They get that from me. You got, that, you got it automatically. And when mm-hmm. you tell me don't call me, I'm going to be like, I'm going to struggle with this. We're going to build a bridge. Mm-hmm. But I get there.
1: So, Lakeisha, any any insight on this? Because you know you've been in and out a little bit. So we got um, nurture versus nurture versus nature. You know your opinion on that, and then um, reverence versus deference. I mean, we hit a couple things. I mean, we you know you've been having some internet issues. You know, Philadelphia. Every time like I go stuff. to
4: say something, the internet shuts me down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they don't like you out there. <laughs>
4: You know what i i don't Everybody know who, was I, I um, you know they strike again i don't know
1: too many strong black women on the show that's mm-hmm. the internet just couldn't handle it I'll, I'll just put it like that you know what i mean um so but what were you saying
4: okay i'm sorry i cut out for a second no actually Go i was ahead. just kind of listening Cecilia got me because I real I honestly didn't even realize that that Miss Mr. thing and because I do it too right and it's one of those things you're so socialized to do it and then you realize who you don't say it to and why and I mean obviously the connotation of calling someone who maybe is of a different ethnic background you know you don't have that same level of comfort Comfort and familiarity because think about it when you use terms like that, you use it in the comfort of your social circles. So that's almost signifying you are not of my social, like we are not the same, basically. And it's kind of reinforcing that. So ugh, I wonder how it feels from the other side.
2: I've like, well, never I'm asked ask anybody, me, I'm afraid to. I'm afraid <laughs> to be like, Are you mad that I don't call you Mr. Mr.? <laughs> Then you gotta hit him with that. Stay mad, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was gonna change. You thought.
1: Well, I mean, I think part of it also becomes the power structure. Power structure, mm. right? Like, you know, for some of them, they may not necessarily care because they're over you, oh, right? Um, for those that are beneath you, it becomes a ego thing. Um, you're gonna call me Mister. Or you're gonna call me Miss. But when it becomes a situation of a power struggle, right. Or an imbalance of power, you know, you're not going to call Billy Bob who's your boss, Mr. Billy Bob. I think to Cecilia's point, like, look, my ass is called enough of y'all mister that I ain't got to, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so um, there's, there's so many dynamics as it relates to when we leverage certain language um, over others. And I think it's, it's, you know, we we've talked about the we we've talked about the topic in such in, in depth, but like do we ever really know why we code switch? Like, do you know um, why code switching was even considered a thing? Because like, I mean, who invented it and at, at that point of identifying it's done, do you think we define code switching or was code switching defined by somebody else because they couldn't break the code?
2: I think we defined it. And I I feel like it's been around for forever. And like um like intersectionality, like it's one of the these terms that we didn't have a term for until later. Um it was just one of those where you were taught, hey, if you want to make it far and da 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 da, you need to assimilate this way and da da da. Um yeah, I feel like it was defined by us. Like I feel like it was made by us.
4: I think it was made out of necessity, honestly. Especially if you're looking into folks who were involved in that, you know, transatlantic slave trade. Literally, the languages were snatched away. So you have an issue where look at the way we conjugate verb verbs. So it's like I've been new, I've did this. I've bended that. That is an Africanized things that's been translated into English. So the pa- the language may have been gone, but those patterns still carry through. So a lot of that is really historical. So it's one of, so the way, so think of the way, so think of us, you know, speaking kind of informally. It's having someone who's not of that same group trying to duplicate that, it's going to sound off. Look at, I don't know if either of you, any of you guys do like TikTok or Instagram and you see kids who, you know, usually Caucasian kids and they're, you know, they're (laughs) trying to use that African-American vernacular English, but it sounds off. And it's because they don't have that, they don't have that historical foothold in the language. So it's never going to translate right. Like the, you know, they got the recipe, but the sauce ain't the same. You know what
5: I mean? Like it's a
4: difference there.
0: Hey, it's Ashley Nicole. I appreciate y'all for listening and hopefully you're all getting your, keeping your cheeses on your crackers. I'm dropping in on this episode to give you some goodies. Have you been wanting to get into the podcast game and don't know where to start? I got you. I have answers. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor has everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Let me say it again, um, in case you missed it. Everything that you need to make a podcast is conveniently in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Free 99, $0.00. So go ahead, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. I can't wait to listen to your podcast, too.
3: One of the things I think about, right, um, no sauce. it's a survival thing. I, wanna, I really want to go back to that, right? I think about, like, so no, we ain't go, I mean, going back. Now, I ain't doing no research. I'm just talking. I, I'm you know, putting things together. So we come off the plantations. They say, well, I mean, I'm going to give you, like, nothing, and you won't work here. And then we went to go build our own things independently, and they said, oh, you can't do that either. We're going to burn that shit down. So then you have people say, well, we can be separate and equal. And then you have people that say, no, we must be a part of this. So to, to be able to play a little bit, to get some motive, coming respect, you had to act a certain way or people felt like you did. Right. I mean, I just think about Frederick Douglass. I don't know if I would say he was a code switcher, but I think Booker T. Washington was. I ain't, I ain't no Booker T fan. I think Frederick uh-huh. played the game how he no,
4: Booker to T to did a whole bunch of stuff in secret. A lot of that yeah. funding and stuff like that, he was doing it on the low yeah.
2: But no, he also did Frederick the, played the, the game how played. Fred mm. Frederick would, um, he, I feel like, I don't want to say shuck and jive because I don't think he's shucking, he. Shuck and jive, he how do you shuck and juice? What? What? Yeah, <laughs>
5: chicken chicken <jar>. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <that's- laughs>
2: I'm sorry, all I
5: think Frederick-
4: is Frederick Douglass twerking now. I'm sorry, you threw me all the way off.
2: He
5: knew he you knew when that. to put
2: on he knew when to put on um to get in front of certain crowds. And then once he got in front of those crowds, he'd be like, all right, so this is where y'all have me fucked up. And this is where <laughs> for real. Um now Booker T, like you said. Booker T was very much on all the time, but behind the scenes he was like, All right, I'ma be I'm going be the good Negro so I can get the rest of y'all in. And so I think can understand where you didn't that's like right. him so, so
3: I'm gonna say that happened and because I mean I'm reading CRT, so y'all about to catch this work tonight. I mean, and outside the fact, like my grandma got these books about things that like okay, so like was it WEDB the Boys has this history book that they had written for classrooms? W E D Boys and um Booger T. Washington and like you said there anyway, right? So the uh, boys was always giving Washington that smoke. <laughs> yeah, he had it. But I'll say, like, um, there was a story I read on Twitter, and you know, we can talk about how accurate or not it is, but there was a black man who was trying to start some kind of adventure and 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 Booker and Booger T was a gatekeeper. So when we talked about yeah, he did some good things, but you know what? Gatekeepers g- gates open and they close. Sometimes they don't never open. So, in my mind, when we be talking about anything, I won't talk about all of it. And it's That's so it. interesting. We look so far back, but look,
4: just a couple years ago, Obama could teach a master class in
3: Cold Switch. <laughs> Obama said who he was from from the beginning. I did a lot of things. I think that I was like y'all made a mistake, or you didn't read the book, or you thought he was playing. I don't think I said. I mean, and there are a lot of different. there are a lot of layers for that. I
4: mean, but I mean, that's part of all those different identities where you have, you know, that Kenyan background. You have, you know, Kansas, Kenya, and everything in between. So that's a mm-hmm. lot of fighting dynamics, especially when you weren't raised like you or I. Yeah. And like, so it's a different effect. And like, if you can see, like the whole thing I said about sauce, I swear sauce needs to go in the dictionary somewhere. Cause it's really a thing, but how he carried it over a lot of times, the things that he did kind of didn't connect with black Americans, the beer summit where, you know, the Henry um, doctor was it Dr. Henry Louis Gates and the police officer were equalized, which, in no other society with these two folks this you know highly highly respected you know tenured professor scholar historian on the same level as a beat cop so it's really interesting how like things like that play out
5: mm-hmm.
3: y'all trying to start a whole nother conversation we supposed to be starting our codes
5: I know right I,
1: mean, I, I think, I, I think I think, it's all in, I, thought, I think it's all interconnected, right? Because, you know, if we want to talk about code switching, we have to talk about the historical context behind it, right? And a lot of the historical context is our people had to code switch since day one, right? From the time we were dropped off um, from the slave ships, right, to the time that we had to figure out different languages. So, for example, Creole is not a native language, right? Creole is a combined language. Of the French slaves, the Spanish slaves, the local Indians, in order to kind of mask what was necessary to be said. Same thing can be said in um, in Negro spirituals. Those were um, songs and messages between one another. So we've been code switching since day one because you know the what would you call it the clears. Um, <laughs> we've been trying to make sure that <laughs> we've been trying to make sure the clears. Don't understand this because, you know, for those of us that that survived that transatlantic um, um, voyage or, you know, slave voyage, you know, we had to find a way to communicate, especially when our families were being broken up and split. Right. So um, code switching has always been here. It's just we've somewhat perfected it.
0: I would like to submit so, that uh, it. I don't we're think we're host, I before we get any more in depth on that particular part, I wanna drop our next topic in so that we can continue to carry on this conversation before y'all answered already. <laughs> uh, so okay. So this is how it's written. Uh for <laughs> me. <laughs> for me, once I begin to think of uh what it is that I'm doing. So like I much like most of y'all, I think. We're pretty much kind of close in the same age. Either way, um, there was these levels where, okay, I'm working, I'm a professional, and then you started learning. Okay, I need to do all the things. You know, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. I gotta network. I gotta smile. I gotta um, shake hands and kiss babies whenever there's something going on. I gotta have my suit on. I gotta have my collar crease. You know, all of that good stuff. I was doing all of the things, but. Um, even up to like two years ago, I noticed that I'm doing all these things, but I'm not getting anywhere. So um, so it came to a point where I was like, okay, so why am I doing all of the things? So that brings me to our next exact question. Um, do you think that code switching is a choice as much as it is our attempts to increase our chances at perceived success?
3: See, I feel like the question suggests the answer. I think it, I'm I mean, because I'm think because. No, 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 no. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being funny, but I also I think everything is a choice, and that's why I say that I think the question suggests the answer yeah, because right. here's the other right? two put perceived success.
0: Um. So I I guess because so I was doing all of the things because okay this is how I'm going to move up, but I move nowhere. So am all I not right. successful or am I better? Did I accept being myself? So what is success?
1: I, right. I think this, this ties head? so so this ties into the conversation we pre, we previously had, right? Um, to to Cecilia's point, she was enabled to be the person that she is to be successful, right? Um, everyone does not have that level of yo just be the truly <laughs> authentic self, so that you can you know you can you can go where you need to in life. But like she said, her siblings didn't have that same level of freedom. Right. Um, and or it to me, it was perceived they didn't have that same level of freedom. Right. Um, and so success. And one of the things that, you know, <clears throat> I was told was going into corporate America, I need to cut my locks. Right. Listen, it took me five years to grow those darn things. I wasn't cutting it off. And I, cu- I, I grew them specifically to be defiant in that way. Right. Because I know I wanted them. I didn't feel like braiding my hair no more. I didn't feel like getting no fades because it's cold outside. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was about, you know, I know what I wanna do, but I think to Ashley's point, like we do a lot of these things for what's perceived to be the thing to to elevate in life, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of us aren't encouraged to be our authentic selves, right? Like a lot of us don't have the luxury and once again, it's a privilege to be able to be your authentic self. Everyone doesn't have that privilege, which you then have power because with privilege comes power, right? And how you yield that power is different for everybody. So I'm sorry, Ashley, I didn't mean to That's hijack the cool. question.
0: That's cool. Ahead. I also think, um, I think to say you, were, you you either touched on it or you were about to say earlier about how um, we were brought here, then we were slaves and then we had to figure out Okay, so they ain't gonna let us have nothing. So we gotta go over there and work. So you gotta, you gotta press your hair. You gotta wear it this way. You gotta sound this way. So when I, so in my mind, I don't think that, I don't think that cold switching is something that I was taught as much as this is what they were doing. My grandmother had a perm, a relaxer. My mom had a relaxer. Nobody taught us say, um, nobody taught us for say to do these things. It's just that we did them because that was what we saw as success or that is what we saw when we looked at um, a business, when we looked at the the black woman that actually got the work in the bank or the black woman that we saw limited on TV. This is what they look like. So this is what we should look like.
1: So well, before, y'all, well, y'all, Sorry. before y'all continue, I, I wanted to add to that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we had the um, It Takes a Village conversation and somebody brought up the experiment where the kids were shown two different dolls, a black doll and a white doll. And which one do they think is beautiful? And the white doll was selected above the white, the black doll. And so these are parts of how our nature kind of innately teaches us that what we do or what we are isn't acceptable. You gotta wait till she says something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what you call I I Want to kind of go back to what Ashley was saying, where you were like, well, my grandma had pressed hair had pressed hair, my mom had pressed hair. And even outside of media, um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard this, but it's like the pot roast study, um, where this in this family, this woman, um, every time she would make a pot roast, she cut the ends. And somebody finally asked her, Hey, well, why do you cut the ends? She's like, Oh, I don't know, my mom did it. And then she's like, Well, ask your mom, or she asked my mom, why did you cut your ends? I don't know, my mom, my mom did it asked great grandma, well, why'd you cut the ends? My oven wasn't big enough to hold the size. So they had passed down that based off of us, I mean, based off of their situation. And she's like, there was no real reason for us to do this. It wasn't part of the recipe. Um, and I feel like we passed a lot of stuff down generationally without even considering why we're doing it. Um, c- come on, Cecilia, so so you about to go oh." <laughs> <laughs> She's ready to go. Oh, but no, for real. Like now, we talk about how media has influence, and especially like with the dolls and the, with that doll experiment. Um, but even within our family, like there are certain things that are just passed down without people even realizing why. Go ahead, Cecilia. You got it. She ready. So I just, I just want like to like
3: make very mystic that we are talking about culture. Okay, right? that's what we're talking about. Right, because you are socialized into the culture we are all socialized in the culture right so even in terms of and i think with children it is really interesting right if you socialize not to ask no questions you don't ask why somebody doing it you just say this the way it goes
1: we right. have family
3: cultures we have like well you know we, we could go up right it's to it, like organizational culture i'm also interested in that that's why i'm about to talk a little bit of shit. so i think that when we start talking about um First of all, who's whose definition of success are you talking about? Right. Because um <laughs> I mean, you know, like I, I think wrinkle clothes is, is an analogy that is really interesting to me because I know people they be like, But you gotta catch this wrinkle, right? But that is that's resistance. That's protest. They like, and I'm doing this for who? Right? I'm wearing my hair because what does that tell you about me? Right. Um I think about being in hospital spaces and I already, I'm a black woman when I walk in here and I definitely look younger than my actual age. So I was an occupational therapist also. So people always thought I was coming to get them a job because that made sense in the hospital, right? It didn't. So now I got, I got to figure out how to get you in 30 seconds to do what it is you want. Also know that like there is a choice. I can say, you don't have to do this. Or I say, well, the doctor wants you to do it. Because I think the whole thing is like, I'm turning into the idea that you want to follow what the doctor said the doctor is the gatekeeper to get you home so if you don't do this you ain't going home right and i want to go back to what Paige said earlier because i think <laughs> i really think that the ways that we don't discuss black ingenuity or like people's ingenuity in general it blow me because when you start talking to me about how People use like slave narratives to talk to like pass messages to each other. That's the most ingenious shit I have ever heard. That wasn't cold switches. I used yo shit and said, "We about to get the fuck up out of here." You see the moon? Follow that hoe. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't like no. I, I in my own family, like I don't know if y'all could tell that I got a family of five women on one side. <laughs> one side right? People was like, pimp, like. You know, somebody's like, "Yeah." You know, I was like, "Oh, actually, one of my family members, like, she, she, my grandma, her story, her mother, her grandmother was a bootlegger in um, Okmulgee, Oklahoma, before the 1930s." Spell that. No.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: you about to give me a trouble with my grandma? Grandma I know how to spell it. I'll send it to you later. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of these people. I might not got that in me right now. Ogmoji is like thirty minutes, or thirty miles from Tulsa now. It used to be sixty five because they had to drive all the way around and through it. Not it, and they could have rolled through it, right? But I think about the fact there are so many things you said. You got to work on this a little bit. Oh man, I think about okay. Slaves bought rice here. They wanted slaves to work rice because they couldn't. I don't know if y'all have seen that um that special on Netflix. I'm playing on my feet. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. So they said, let's go get the people to know how to work it people they said okay i do that if you get, even when he talked about soul food he said you gave me the orphan and i turned that into shit, some shit that you want to pay me top dollar for i don't you had to put some respect on his name man you're not about to tell me that's code switching i'll die about that shit because it ain't it's it's fucking amazing it's ingenious it's beautiful and I remember, you know remember once upon a time when everybody wanted to have some internet in their family I was doing this training and this this lady said, you ain't wanna have no Indian in your family. First of all, I was told I actually did. I seen a I seen picture of my grandma, daddy, number one. Number two, we could talk about all the stories about how they, was mixing, they were mixing that like some of the schools and they say, oh, hell no, we don't have to break this shit up because uh, indigenous folks, the black folks, we was like me, you same saying, we hate him, right? And they said, break that up. Um, and then I forgot what I was saying.
1: <laughs> you got right.
5: so many good points, though.
1: <laughs> All right, Lakeisha, any any points on, so, you know, do you think that, you know, to, to Ashley's question, um, a lot of what we do was to kind of elevate ourselves or to, to get to a point of perceived success? And once again, perceived success is subjective to the individual um, based on their social adaptation right so if we have adapted to certain social norms our success is based on those right and so what are your thoughts on that
4: i think the world has done a great, great
5: job of convincing the only experience i can speak to as being a black or uh, uh, black american basically we we're convinced to a lie, that if we close ourselves enough and if
4: we wore our hair a certain way and if we dressed a certain way and if we spoke a certain way and denied parts of ourselves that we would fit in with us
5: so it's one of those things it's uh, it's just another loop for black it's out of can't anybody else, but it's another group for black americans to jump through honestly and it's pointless but the unfortunate part of it is, I'm speaking and all, all of us are speaking from a place of privilege. The girl who's working down at the call center doesn't have those options. You know, the person who is the call center artist has probably has great grammar and addiction because they have to because the gatekeeping for those kind of like a frontline like more entry-level positions and entry-level positions into the world really is so, is so much tougher on them than it would be
4: on
1: any of us in this call. It's so unfortunate because I mean that's what
4: everybody's
1: at. Oh shit! Did I go out again? No, you good. <laughs> no, you good. You good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so jazz. You want
2: to chime in on that a little bit? No, you're good. Um, it's. I mean, I feel like they they hit the nail on the head. Um, to me, the key part of that sentence was perceived success. So what does success look like to you? Um, for some people it's just, I mean, making it, living it, uh, surviving, making it past 25 other people it's oh, I want the big corporate job. I want the seven figure income other people. It's, I mean, I know so many women, especially going to undergrad in East Texas, so many women in East Texas, their ideal of a successful life is getting married at a young age, having children, and being a housewife. That's their idea of success. So, I mean, it, it all depends on what. What is that for you? So, are you code switching to minimize yourself to be palatable to guys? Are you code switching to try and advance up the corporate ladder faster? Are you code switching to get into corporate America? So, I mean. It's, uh, I don't know, it's, it, it all depends on how you
0: define success, but it's definitely done. So I think um, Cecilia, Cecilia or uh, Lakeisha mentioned it earlier. Um, and I think, uh, so co-switching kind of directly directly relates to respectability and i i wish we had more guys on this particular episode but i think all of us kind of face a uh, level I'm, I'm not saying it's like what I'm, guys, not what I mean. I'm not saying <laughs> i'm not saying some guys i mean more guys because we have like double man and page there you go um so i think that with being a black woman um being professionals having to adjust or not to work in a professional setting and then when we leave work we still have to fit into respectable black woman box. Um so how do you think as far as code switching um is concerned how do you think that plays into just being a black woman in this world? I'm
2: okay, not gonna, so I'm get gonna throw this in. out. I love We're that. No, I love that. Um I'm gonna throw this out and I I love like I hope you're about away. to go where Meg I just want you to go. I hope you're
4: about to say the word. Yes, Please, say the Please
2: say the, the word. Please say the word, say it, say it. Yes. No, for real, so I feel I, like, I feel like, um, I feel like the prime example of that is Meg Thee Stallion. She is the, she has the body. First of all, she has the body of a fucking goddess. That woman is beautiful. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> but she has about. a body
2: that, that guys want. She has a body that, that women want. Um, she is a blurred that so many guys that say that they want. Um, and yet you have guys talking about, well, she's too sexual. She can't do this or she can't do that. She can't do this. So it's like, no matter how no matter how perfect you are, no matter how much you are perceived um, to be what they want, it's not enough. And it, I hate that. Like, I really hate that. The, the fact that she can't own her sexuality or she can't own her whole self is what makes me really mad.
4: Right. It's so interesting how, like, especially with this whole black woman thing, you can only be it's like duality isn't accepted at all. Like you can't just go to work, have you know, go to work, take care of your kids, come home, you know, shake your ass at night and still be looked at as a respectable, round well rounded person. You have to be either all or nothing. And that is absolutely insane and stifling. Like, and God forbid you be sexualized. God forbid.
2: God forbid you own your sexuality. God forbid you actually have sex for pleasure and not just lay there and let somebody masturbate into you. But, and don't let, let you tell
4: somebody, somebody about it. Life. Don't say it out loud and don't say it yeah. too loud.
0: We can't talk about it. We can't Mm-mm. care about it. You got uh
3: Mr. Sealy, let him do his business thing. Right. right. Trying to figure out, right. Oh, so you be having sex with if you want you. You want people to lay there? You know what? You go get a vibrator. <laughs> uh, you a pocket pussy for that side. I want to say what we're talking Time about.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I want to go back to what Jazz said earlier. I was like, uh, you mind if I wild out? Oh, She didn't rock the goddamn thing at the door. I got really excited about that because I think about the ways. Like Right now, I really do feel like we're in a space where women be like, that's what I'm going to be, all of that. And if you don't like it, I mean, I guess you got to give it to your mama. I mean, that's how I feel about it. I think it's really interesting because like, Megan is styling it, like you said, she is all the things that people say that men want, but somehow she still ain't. Where well, she got her some, body, some work done on her body. She's too tall, she's too this, she's too that. I'm like, and, and and she's one of the most, I mean, I don't know her personally or whatever, but I do feel like she's a very authentic human. Oh no, she authentic, she don't give a fuck about it. And she hold her peace. Like, I was like, you know, when she speak, I think that she's thoughtful about the way that she come back, she wait. She keep receipts. The way she walked off that stage with the baby, she said, "I don't fuck with you. I'm gonna do what I got to do for this coin, but let it be known, I, I I'm finished."
2: No, you I mean, you have. I mean, it's a valid point. Like, it's like you, you have people saying, "Oh, protect black women." Which black women? Which black woman are you talking which about?
0: Circumstances.
2: Yeah, which circum which circumstances? Because I think these exactly a situation they where. Got black women in the brook. I mean, if you're not, if you're not if they don't find you attractive or sexually attractive, um, mm-hmm. if you don't make yourself small or if you're not cis or you're not like it's which which black women are you trying to protect? Come on, keep going, keep going. There's more. Keep going. If you're not able-bodied, wow. if you're not, if they're not trying to procreate with you, like if it's, I mean, it's it's all kind of if if you're not light-skinned, if you're not whatever, if you're not thin, if you're not. It's so no, the way, no that's, that's where you're attracted to me, then you're trying to protect
0: but me. But don't have nappy hair. But
5: mm. <laughs> you wearing them like, exactly <laughs> hair hair oh, no. The hell oh, with
0: Lord. you. Oh, I, God.
4: Jazz, I thought that's what I, Jazz, I was waiting for you to say the B word. I was so the waiting. Body. I was so
2: yeah. waiting oh, because Lord if that listen. is not
5: the ultimate Mine is cool bitch, right I don't bed. know what it
2: is. Mine is right there on the bed. It's going on after we finish with this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what's weird is that we perpetuate this. We as Black, and I say we like the proper we. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of Black women who perpetuate this bullshit. Um, and it's like, we we can't progress until we deal with the folks who are perpetuating the bullshit.
0: They're trying to be the things. So they're trying to be all the things on that checklist. So right. that- how right, that shit working out for them. Come on, because you still single? It's, you it's just, and
2: you me. having trash sex, so not only are you single, <laughs> that part, you haven't. That, that, <laughs> that part, and you can't be mad at nobody but your daddy. Right. I'll be
1: going. to so right. So, um, re- so let's let's reel this back in a little bit. Let's reel this back in a little bit, right? I'll let y'all <laughs> let y'all do this. Um, but, but but in all serious in in all seriousness, right? So like, you know, that uh, on the road to success, being people of color, right? We have to do these things. How on the road do you feel as though that code switching kind of takes away from our blackness, right? Um, you know, because ultimately we want to be able to kind of be ourselves. We, we all want to be Susidian, right? Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes given the situation, we may, may not be able to do that. Like, is there a balance between being able to? maintain our true selves and still be successful um, and not have to code switch or maybe code switching may be necessary in, in certain in certain scenarios
5: so honestly with the code switching the other end of it is where you suffer because now you are denying that person your whole self you're denying those other folks your ingenuity your genius your background those experiences because you're not coming and and using the full breath and power of your language like a lot of things are missed if you don't convey it in that way certain things i can say to you are going to hit totally different if i just say it in a way that's me. and that's what happens when you when you do when you do that cold switching business how many times have you had to say something and, and you're sending, and you're trying to send out that email, and you're going, and it's not making sense. And you really just want to say y'all got me fucked up. Like that that's really that's the most powerful way to say it. But it's not. There's no way in standard English that it's ever going to connect and translate in that same way. So it's one of those things. It's really tricky. So I have
2: a, uh, excuse me, God bless her soul. She's passed now. Um, She used to be able to, I felt, I told her I was like, when I, as I got older, I understood that this was, uh, it might've been like a code switching tactic for her. She'd cuss you out without cussing you out. She can make you smell, feel like the smallest person in the world without using one swear word. And I've had to adapt, and use um, tactics like that for, for professional settings, because I can't be like, you got me fucked up, and what I'm not going to do is pay this $80,000 invoice, because you're fucked up. I can't say that in email. Um, I, I shouldn't say that on the phone either, but I definitely can't Try say in email. Try my job. Um, <laughs> Just don't put it in cash, and then you're fine. Right, right, right. Can't send that through the server. It's um,
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, because you're fucked up. No, but that. There, what she had a way with words, and I feel like that's something that black women have. Um, and going back to like TikTok or Twitter language that people are like, oh, it's it's not AAVE, it's 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 TikTok. No, 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 black women have a way with words. We can cut you down without cursing you out at all. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily if that would be considered code switching, but I think it is. See, I call that poetry. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's
3: talk about Tabitha Brown. Ooh, let's, talk about it. let's talk about that in one of my group chats with my friends she said that was so full of love I said you don't know a southern black there woman was no that was the nastiest shit I've ever heard she said,
5: <laughs> I know you the don't, don't know like- love.
3: <laughs> I hope <that> you don't <laughs> know got in it. To sacrifice themselves for you I said yeah mm. damn like so that's my thing like I don't have to code switch I mean when I think about when I send an email so I, so that you got me fucked up. That's your first response. first response. When I think about what it is, I'm actually won't. In my mind, one of my good friends said, oh, actually, yeah, one of my good friends, Frida Dirty, in case you watching, hey, girl, hey. Um, She said, do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? So when you got me fucked up, I think about, what do I need from you? Because I need to have my way. So it ain't even so much you need to say. I got an email on a Saturday. I don't work on Saturdays. I don't do schoolwork on Saturday. Saturday is the only day that I could be
2: a regular human.
3: So, what I thought was y'all got me fucked up, but I looked at the email and then I say, I really appreciate the fact that everybody responded to this email even though we don't work today. Just so you know where well, you had me fucked up. I ain't gotta say you did it, I'ma show you where, mm-hmm. right here, right here. Now, I'm gonna tell you also the things that I'm not gonna do. And I'ma tell you why I'm a, why I'm not gonna do it. Let me run this for you. Now when y'all, you do your team huddle and you hit us together, then you, know, you bring me a solution. But all the rest of it, like the, the beauty of being able to use your words in a way to influence the way that
2: people move,
3: you ain't gonna tell me that's code switching because it ain't. That's power.
2: I like that. I like that.
1: <laughs> so the policies so like and procedures. I like
4: telling somebody they got you fucked up, it's worked. I've, it's just about reading the room I've actually had that happen Where I, you know, because, you know, I'm the HR person and, you know, certain things But the industry that I was in, it was Healthcare transportation, a little bit Rougher, so I tried it to tap it the brown way And then during a closed door Meeting after, you know, deep discussion Y'all got me fucked up But it It conveyed the message in such A way because, again, reading the room Just because and i think that's where we get into this thing where again we're kind of giving like clear folks a little bit more credit than they deserve sometimes they just want to talk and if you're and if you're kind of meeting them where they are and just bringing in your background and your experience it actually is really effective now that wouldn't work at cisco or AstroZeneca or wherever but in certain circumstances, it is absolutely 100% effective. And especially coming from a space where you're the HR person, sometimes you need to have conversations in that way. And it kind of builds trust in the connection because it's like, okay, it's a way of, it's a, it's a signifier, right? So it's like, I see you and I see fully you. And again, this is what I mean by you teach yourself when you code switch.
0: So with that in mind, with that, sometimes they want to have a conversation. And I know sometimes we have our work friends. Um, do you have like a set conversation that you have with non-Black people um, to prevent having awkward moments in Blackness? Because I don't know about y'all, but I know uh, there's this one, co- uh, this one coworker like, oh, child, ooh, child. And I'm like, please don't, please don't talk to me. You're like, shut your ass up. That's what you're saying, right. shut your
5: ass up.
2: So no, I hit them with a deadpan. I'm not your child, I'm not your sis. I'm not, your like I'm very, certain people can say things to me, others can't. And sometimes you don't have to say anything. Sometimes you can just give them a look. Um, But other times I've had to deadpan like, hey, stop asking to touch my hair. Stop calling me sis. I'm not, no, I literally had to tell this one lady, I'm not a pet in the zoo. Do not come by and try and touch my hair. Um, Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to be blunt because they don't get the the nicety or the, oh, oh, mm-mm, like that, dead on. So no, we're not so, doing that.
1: So I don't think it's just the workplace. I, I think um, white people, clears have been emboldened for so long. Coolest. I'm just gonna use them. I'm just gonna use the, the, gonna use the, the, the clears. The oh, clears have been so <laughs> emboldened for so long that they leverage a lot of our vernacular, right? Um, And so it it gets to a point where, I mean, you know, perfect example, like um, pull up on me, right? Y'all saw on the shade room, white guy coming out of his face, talking about pull up on me, right? And all of New Jersey pulled up on him, right? Um, You know, I had a scenario, (laughs) Um, I was in Oakland um, and um, went to a restaurant, White restaurant, and the guy was like, Hey, weren't you here last week? I was like, No, the other black guy with locks, right? And so he was like, (laughs) Turned red for a second, but it was one of those situations where you know, when is enough enough, right? Because I could have been like, Oh no, you know, that is an easy mistake, code switching, versus you know, I was being Cecilia that day. I was like, Nah, it was the other black guy with locks, you know what I mean? I'm that's what I'm gonna use every time. we go against it it's i'm being cecilia today you know what i mean she's my spirit animal you know what i mean um but but I, i do think sometimes we you know we going back to things have to read the room to kind of determine when to say what we say um i think cecilia put it um actually dropped another point it's like we get a chance to redefine what code switch is right um we get a chance to kind of define the things that um, impact us, right? Um, Code switching, you know, in its definition is having to um, change from your natural way of speaking or your natural way of being to another to accommodate the clears, right? It's literally solely to accommodate the clears. Um, and um, I was watching The Breakfast Club the other day and one of their guests said that the best moment they had was when they did not have to care about not making the clears feel bad or uncomfortable. And so when we code switch subconsciously, we're trying to not make somebody uncomfortable and usually it's the clears because if, if it's the other ones that are in the minority group, we all in this together. We know what we wanna say, but sometimes it's the clears that are the most sensitive to the conversations that we have that can't take it. Because a lot of times it's all about how oppressive they can be. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not the closed door meetings. <laughs> Go ahead
5: first
3: of all i don't i just can't participate in my oppression Fuck your comfort i ain't comfortable like i mean no i'm and I'm not, I'm not being funny i'm being honest because here's my my thing about code switching right if the goal is i'm gonna have some discomfort because it's gonna let me be able to have some access and some privilege that's what we're actually talking about so if it don't give me that why am i doing it if i let you touch my hair i didn't gave everybody license to touch my hair and i don't have that shit to do so I'm gonna go in and hit you with that look my mama or my grandfather taught me. Don't touch me, right? I, I hope that, I, I mean, like we can do it like on some personal space shit. You all know me like that, folks.
5: But some, you know I'm I might...
3: my... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Cecilia. No, go ahead, go ahead. No, but it's, and it's
4: one of those things we we kind of get away from the fact that, honestly, Black people do it to each other, and it's so uncomfortable that get keep those standards where it's like it's so tight against. I remember being in you know closed door a, closed door HR conversation. Candidate came in, and the young lady had on like a little you know a little suit, but she had on a tank top instead of a shell, and that was the conversation. Nothing that this woman. The person who I interviewed her with didn't, didn't remember a word about what that young lady said, just that she had on a tank top instead of a shell. And I've all, I mean, I've also seen it done with names where they went to school, just things that really shouldn't factor in. And they were done by people who look just like us. And I've, you know, so it's one of those things that kind of, that level of, you know, racism. And in some cases, usually it's patriarchy too, where it just kind of clamps down and it tends to sway towards folks who, you know, kind of lower level positions or just lower, like just as yeah, it's tough. It's really, really tough, but I really don't want to get, they're, they're not, folks aren't getting away, bougie black people aren't getting away with that crap.
3: I'm glad that you said that. I mean, cause I are feel like the true type is. I think bougie away with it. I think it depends it's on what black you black are. Black people are the worst.
2: I feel like bougie black people are, um, because they're not as sadiddy. I feel like we need to make a difference between
1: bougie. And <laughs> yeah, so let's, <laughs> no, let's first, talk about bougie let's talk versus about affluent. Now, so I think there's bougie versus affluent. I can tell
2: myself bougie. Right. Like, like I, I'm a ball out. Like, so we go to, Ashley, no. We go to brunch, crash around. Going to-
4: the girl who spends $200 at brunch. Absolutely, you, absolutely. Getting guacamole on
2: everything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. is always bottomless. Always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> always. All the sides. Random person, absolutely. Ab- ab- goddamn lulu, I spend money like right. a drug. You know Because I
5: make it. <laughs> I got no
2: kids. On. I'm not married. Ball out. <laughs> <laughs> So, but no, I I do consider myself bougie. Um, I'm not Sididi, though, and I feel like I feel like the Sididi folks are the gatekeepers. We came back to respectability College. Yep. again. Mm-hmm. It? Yeah, it, it, it's all
4: connected. It's all connected. See, I don't the boot. I have a weird relationship with this bougie word because I was being called that before it was cool. So now I don't know what the hell it means anymore. Remember, like. 90s, early 2000s, bougie. That was an insult, and
3: now it's a compliment. So now I don't know who the hell I am. You know, but I don't think you gotta fit nobody else's box either. Mm-mm. I always ask me if you gonna call me something. You got to tell me what that mean to you. If I can know if we need to square <laughs> up or not. Ooh. <laughs> or I can even know if it's worth the conversation. Like, am I don't even, even need to know if I even need, need to entertain this with you. Like, if you're not, yeah, we ain't gotta do that
1: so i want to i want to before you go i want to i want to stay on this this topic right like around status right i think status is also um a a privilege right so certain statuses give us privileges to do certain things i mean um perfect example um diddy right (laughs) diddy has multiple instances of (laughs) him saying what the fuck he wants to say but the fact that he is at a status and worked to get there, right? It's not a it's not that he just overnight became this mogul, um, all of that. And I think he's also intentional with how he speaks to people, right? That's why he's now uh was it love instead of Diddy or Puff Daddy? He's meant to change his but,
2: name 50 11 times.
1: But but mm-hmm. we we also gotta realize like bougie, sediddy, affluent, right? Um each level has um, a level of privilege that has, allows them to either speak or prevent them from speaking a particular way, right? Because how you set yourself to be perceived by others kind of locks you in. This is going to be a contradictory statement, but how you set yourself to be perceived by others lock you into what, how you speak and how you present yourself, right? So we're talking and about so, class
3: now? Is it what you're saying? Because yes, we're talking about sir. class, because yes, that bougie shit, it's all all that, you can be bougie with $5, bro. <laughs> we talking about class. We talking about gatekeeping because of class. And them two things aren't, aren't the same thing. And I just think about the ways, I mean, there are a lot of scholars, like I think Laney Grenier, like people have talked about even like for the um, Brown versus education case, I told you I've been reading CR shit, uh, CRT shit, so I'm going to give you a little bit, right? we would be talking about how the Brown versus education case went. Derek Bell Jr., in fact, let me put some respect on his name, was saying that, like, when people start negotiating that, the people who were actually the people who filed the case said, you know what, if they said that they'll, like, put some things in place and we can make sure we get the results that we want, like, we would be okay to, like, talk to some people. They're going to give us some administrators. They're going to give us, you know what I mean? They're going to put us in some power. They're going to give us some resources. And then the lawyers was like, fuck that. we about to integrate the school. That shit did not work out for them they did not actually get what it was they wanted and that was some class stuff because somebody with education thought they knew better and i and i and i will. i i
2: she was like i seen my time oh no
5: God. i mean that's a different, like, different thing
2: classes or class and um and that's different yeah, that is different.
1: Okay uh, I mean this has been an amazing conversation thus far. Um, I I do want to kind of move forward a little bit just so that we can actually open the conversation up beyond um, the talking points but um, this co- this conversation um, shows that we are always making sure that we are properly represented in society whether you want to or not. Um, Code switching can be contributed to how we perceive ourselves in society in a way that does not allow us to promote our true selves. Um, How are we um, to push ourselves to realize that it may not be necessary to code switch to fit in or succeed in society? So this is, you know, one of those situations where how how can we get past this, right? Um, we've we've defined code switching in almost a thousand different ways in this conversation alone, right? Um, you know, we do realize that it's so, it, it's situational and necessary, that depending on the circumstance, right? Um, Cecilia did not code switch in the sense of like you got me fucked up, but she did leverage.
5: We broke and the internet.
0: Oh, I was so he'll be back in just a moment. I don't know what he was going to say. Oh, so I, I finished his sentence. But like, hey, yeah. I don't know what he going to say yeah, OK, I y'all, really heard, what's really the past tense really really of shucking and jiving?
2: Let's 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 circle back to that. What's the past tense of shucking and jiving? I think
0: he gets for helping. Shucking help
3: I mean, Jeff? and Jeff? I don't think that's it.
0: No, 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 it's don't say blue. that because I don't want nobody up there. And Joe? Joe? Shuck and Joe? Hucks and Joe? Jive? Jive. I'm, I'm going to give jive. 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 and Jive. Okay. Okay. I'm just said was shucking and jiving. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, look at you. But it sounds so basic. It, it, it doesn't have no weird, spice right? at all. It don't got no spice. Mm mm. He's like, hey, oh got an old sauce. That sauce. Man. The
3: way you said it's gonna make it spicy, though. You know, like when you read it, she will be like, "Call me and say, it so I can know how you really feel." Like
5: that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm so happy you brought up the tap of the tap of the brown reed because that was just that was everything. I watched oh, it so many man. times. My, oh my soul god. needed that. So I can tell you don't have a relationship with God centered in the middle. And I was like, oh
5: my god. Oh,
0: she hit it with that. Maybe you might not I pray that you have somebody that loves you. Uh you might not never experience that. I was like, and then she said, we us, can we gather around her?
3: Can we touch and agree? I said
0: you're gonna bring the community in. in. Damn.
2: My
5: goodness. There hey. Hey, are you
1: <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, it took me off my mojo. Well, um, <laughs> ultimately what I wanted to say was, how can we get past the fact that code switching can be necessary um, depending on the situation? And how can we allow it to not impact us such that we lose who we are as individuals Um, as black people, as men, as women that actively contribute to society. And I will on me because my dad's talking in the background and he doesn't care.
2: You take away the negative connotation of it. Like, I feel like it has such a negative connotation Um, and it's not necessarily a negative thing, Um, especially when you are doing it in other aspects outside of corporate America or outside of working. Um, yeah, I feel like once you take away that connotation, it's it loses its power. What about y'all?
4: I agree. I, I think like- it like that cold switching thing is actually a neutral activity, but because of the ugly history behind why it happened and why it continues, it it's kind of gotten that. But it really Everybody else does it. But the burden with with Black Americans is so much heavier when we have mm. to do it. We do it because we've had to do it for so so long.
3: I think you can throw shit away. I think it's about choice though, right? Because you don't have I mean like I I feel like I've given a lot of different examples of the ways that I think that some things that people call code switching, I don't call that.
5: Mm. And I think that we
3: all have the we have the power like if we choose to to Rename, change, redefine, define, right? Um, I think we had an opportunity to question certain things that we've been given. I think that we can think about, like, I mean, even to Ashley's question about like perceived success or what is success to you, and then what do you have to be? You know, what do you have to have to be there? Like, if you make seven figures and you feel dead inside, is it working to you? Mm -hmm.
0: Because
3: if it ain't, then maybe you don't need to do those things. You don't, maybe you don't have to do it that way. I mean. I guess I also feel like certain things they just tell you and it don't really matter how you show up to it. But I do know when I show up in the fullness of me, I get into it. my food tastes better. My walks are longer, my shower hotter, You're all of that, man. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody should have that too.
0: I think y'all all brought up an interesting point. Um, kind of like all of the different sub-conversations we had, it all kind of goes back to, especially in the black community, it goes back to those gatekeepers because all the things that we've been told not to be, which is our black cells, all of that is some shape, form or fashion, whether it was don't do this, don't wear buttons, don't um, twerk on YouTube, don't uh, talk black at work. I think all of those things came from gatekeepers. Um, I learned that from y'all tonight. Where's my star?
1: <laughs> and you know, this this definitely was a very dynamic conversation. In fact, that, you know, we allowed this conversation to go wherever it went. I mean, we went from uh, code switching to make the stallion to you know talking about WAP to you know the power dynamics and leveraging code switching to historical references. I think, <clears throat> you know, as a people and I think Cecilia's hit it on the head is like we're one of the most uniquely ingenuitively skilled people on the planet right Um, to the point where we will make something out of nothing just to make sure that we have something for ourselves Um, and if you look at how our people have been across the diaspora um, throughout the different colonizations throughout the different attempts to literally wipe us out, we found Mm -hmm. ways to kind of come back and create something of our own. Um, Shit, look at hip hop, right? Um, Hip hop could be a form of code switching in the sense of you're getting the message out such that everybody doesn't understand, but guess what? It's something that they're now taking and capitalizing and monetizing against us, right? In a sense where our messages can be used to fill somebody else's pockets. You know, our words, our creativity um, can be used to monetize or sell a product that it wasn't initially intended for, right? We had an episode on music where music is therapy for some people, right? Music allows people to be able to um, tune out, tune in to their emotions, tune in to what they're feeling, what they're experiencing and it's one of those situations where I think we have the ability to change things up on the clears so that we can at least continue to have something of our own. And I think <laughs> I hope that today's conversation allowed us to kind of shed a different light on what code switching can be considered. And how it can be not a negative thing, um, you know. I, I think, you know, Cecilia was coming in hot on this conversation, and she kind of cooled down a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, and I appreciate that passion because, you know, we we needed that, you know. Same with Jazz, same with LaKeisha, and providing you guys input and what co-switching meant to y'all and how it impacted you, right? Is is important because what we're trying to do is create safe spaces so that people can understand that these are these are topics it's okay to talk about. It's okay to have differences of opinions. It's okay to have the same opinion. But these are things that actively and every single day impact our community. Um, and if we can't talk about them, we can't help our community grow. So with that being said, Ashley, you wanna take us out? <clears throat>
0: Sure. Okay. so like I said, I did learn a lot. Y'all kind of opened my eyes to some of the things that were related to my ideas of code switching. So I thank all of y'all for coming. I thank y'all for giving um, me, us, and the internet to y'all's time and energy for this conversation. Um, Before we go, um, I do want to just double check if any of y'all have anything going on. Tell the people watching where they can find you or what you have coming up. If you have something, if not,
3: don't. well, I mean, I'm, kidding. I'm in I the process. <laughs>
2: Nashville, so uh, I would
5: say, no.
2: say you can find me. you um, can find me on the internet. Some things slow down, and I actually like move here. I have a blog, I have a podcast, all that stuff like that. I'm and all that jazzy on all platforms. Um, so give me a follow. Uh, <laughs> I'm pushing out new content. I am. It is kind of, uh yeah, come right along with
5: okay.
2: I am on Instagram
4: under clear conscience consulting. Other than that, you can catch me out on these streets with my bonnet. We outside. <laughs>
0: And then what every
1: Tuesday. Cecilia's comedy special is gonna be on Netflix. <laughs>
0: um <laughs> I want
3: that long
5: though. I want that long though. For,
3: yo, uh I'm the Molly Deuce, but you can't follow me on there because my Instagram is private. But what I will say, shout out to the road, shout out to my folk. Like my folk have showed up to this. Shout out to Paige who said come do this. Cause I was like, hell no. Um, but I have shit out of myself. So um Maybe, maybe maybe, one day I'll come in and I'll share some of the other stuff I'm doing, but I really appreciate having this platform.
5: Yeah, oh, I don't you. to
3: catch G, because that's my fault, like for real. That's my brother, brother, not like my play brother, whatever. I just, you know, people be like, sis, I'd be like, he ain't even your brother. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's all. I want to say that. That's my brother on the thing, Tom. I want
0: you notes. to know, I I really was like, I think she's going to say no, because I was brother. looking at Paige taxing oh, you. God. And I was like, she gonna say no, she not coming. And now I want her to come. So I'm glad you came. And I'm glad all of y'all tuned in um to see this awesome conversation. Um click the playlist. Um getting my cheese back on my cracker season two playlist to catch up on all the other, what is this, 11 episodes. Um, We're going to wrap up this season next, uh, not next week, but the week after next. So tune in to see that. If you haven't already, click that subscribe button right up under um, this video, turn on your notifications so you don't miss it. I thank y'all so much for coming. And that's all we got for y'all. As we sign off, we want to remind you that it's okay to not
5: have your cheese on your cracker and that we are here to work towards getting there together.